I have been really, really seriously excited about what I think God might want to speak to you today about. And some of it comes through the ways that he has taught me and helped me grow over the last year, or over the last uh, number of years. And so, uh, so we're gonna get into that in just a minute. I was, I was just thinking too, we were in uh, one of our prayer gatherings before the service. We have a couple of them that meet at different times for different ministries and so forth. And I shared something that I thought you might think is kind of cool. Uh, Dr. Buckingham, who was the pastor here for 40, uh, 4,400 years, I think it was. Uh, and uh, he uh, said last week, he was like, I have never seen this many people uh, ever in the Maritimes come out for church on Victoria Day weekend. Last Sunday, we had almost 1,200 people in worship here on Victoria Day weekend, uh, which is uh, amazing. And, uh, but again, it's not about numbers. It's about people who are being drawn to the Spirit of God at work as he is moving and doing powerful things. Even during, even during the, uh, the, the time of worship as we were singing and, and glorifying God and uh, Shirley Irving came up and whispered, uh, Bill is fully healed from cancer. We just found out this week. And she's like, "Woo! praise the Lord. And, and uh, this week we've been hearing from, you know, we have prayer team at the end of the service every Sunday. If you want someone to pray with you, they're down here at the end of the service uh, as everyone is leaving and, and people stay here and, and there's a time of ministry and, and people pray for all kinds of things. But there seems to be a unique anointing for healing right now that is hard to believe. I mean, last week alone, we had two more people who have had almost a lifelong journey of pain in their back and discs out of alignment and all that sort of stuff. And this week we heard from somebody who said that they had the first relief that they had experienced for years after they were anointed and prayed for. All week long they've been healed. Come on, give, let's give glory to God for that. That is absolutely amazing. You know, there are all kinds of things that we can do through our own strategy and hard work and effort, but there are some kinds of things that only God can do. And you can argue about what a person believes or about what the Bible says. You can argue about all kinds of things that we believe to be true. But when somebody sees the supernatural take place, those signs and wonders that we're going to be really pressing into that question on June 9th. By the way, none of this counts against my time. None of this was in my notes. Uh, and and I, I, I was talking with somebody about it this week because I honestly have to say, I've seen seasons like this before, but I have never seen such a powerful and extended season of miracles and the moving of God's spirit. And, uh, and I, what I've been wrestling with is the theological question of is it just that God does these things for a season and then he kind of pulls back and says, okay, that's, that's enough for now? Or, and here's what I think, I think, or is it because when we see God doing signs and wonders and the miraculous and lives being changed and addictions being broken and healings taking place, and 
that what happens is we start to increase in faith, actually believing, oh, wow, maybe God actually can do this kind of stuff. And when we see it happen and then hear the stories again and again and again, the more that happens, the more our faith increases. And the more our faith increases, the more it frees God to do what he wants to do. Okay, this, this had nothing to do with the teaching today, so let's get into our notes. Okay, uh, how many of you are ready to study God's word today? Okay, go ahead and get, uh, we're going to have most everything on the scripture today, but if you would like to, you could find Isaiah chapter 50 that I have open in my Bible, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. If you were not here last week, I want to encourage you to go online. You can go to our church Facebook page. You can go to mw.church. Uh, where we have stuff on the website. You can go to YouTube where we do the live stream and keep those recordings on there. Uh, but watch the message from last week if you were not here because what we talked about last week showed how in Scripture one of the ways that our culture today is diametrically opposed to Scripture. And it's in the way that we make choices. Because what the world says when you watch movies and television and read on social media and we hear these messages again and again and again. In fact, just this week I was looking online about this idea about following your heart and psychologists and psychiatrists. I mean, it's the main, people are saying, follow your gut, follow your heart. Jewel sings. Look at the words to this song. There we go. Your intuition, it will lead you in the right direction. Let go of your mind, your intuition. It's easy to find. Just follow your heart, baby. Mulan from the Disney movie. How many of you love the Mulan movie? Why second guess what feels so right? Just trust your heart and you'll see the light. Open your eyes. Your heart can tell you no lies. Now, we saw last week, that is the exact opposite of what the Bible says. Christina Aguilera sings, like your oldest friend, just trust the voice within. Then you'll find the strength that will guide your way. You'll learn to begin to trust the voice within. Another Disney movie, Cinderella 2. There's a world for the changing and you've just begun. Don't let them tell you it's simply not done. When you follow your heart, you'll shine bright as the sun. Thumbelina from Warner Brothers Studios. If the choosing gets confusing, maybe it's the map you're using. You don't need a chart to guide you. Close your eyes and look inside you. You don't need a chart to guide you. In other words, you don't need the word of God. You don't need any historical wisdom. You don't need any objective sense that certain things are right or other things are wrong. All you need to do is trust the chart inside you, your heart to guide you. And we feed this to our kids it's saturating their brains for generations. Thumbelina, that was like back in 1970-something, that movie. 90, oh, 90-something, not that old. Thank you. A fan, yes, Thumbelina. <laughs> uh, and so uh, 
this, this, when you realize how this has saturated our culture and raised up our children, it begins to make more sense when sometimes you look back and say, I think the way some people are thinking is just kind of like, really, really doesn't make any sense. Well, it's because we've been told that your feelings define reality, that your feelings define what is true in the world, that there is no objective right or wrong, that there is no such thing as, you know, whether biology or science or objective facts. Forget all that, just follow your heart is what the world says. But we saw that the Bible says the exact opposite, that the Bible says, in fact, that your heart is foolish and dangerous, and if you're not careful, it will lead you to destruction. Jeremiah 17, verse 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things, and beyond cure, who can understand it? I have a friend named Jason who works in the auto industry. Uh, we, we became fairly close when we lived in Michigan, you know, in the, the center of the North American auto industry. And, and he was a consultant and traveled to factories for, uh, for automobile manufacturers around the world. And he told me a story about one time when he was in Brazil and he got lost in a city and was trying to find his way and, you know, didn't have, this was, you know, didn't have a cell phone or, or anything that he could get a signal for, and, and this was years ago. And uh, so he stopped and asked a stranger for directions. And I want you to imagine this. Imagine that you're in a, in a foreign country, you're lost, you ask someone for directions, and while you're talking, they push you down the stairs, steal your wallet, and run away. That's what happened. That he, he, hey, excuse me, could you help me find such, and as they're talking, all of a sudden, this guy, pushes him down the stairs, grabs his wallet, and runs away, leaving Jason broken, blue, bruised, and beaten. I mean, bleeding on the ground. And, and as he told me that story, I couldn't help but to think what the Bible says about your heart. The Bible says when you ask your heart for directions, <laughs> that sometimes it will push you down the stairs, beat you up, steal your wallet, and take all your money. <laughs> Obadiah Chapter 1, verse 3 says, Obadiah 1, verse 3 says, Obadiah 1, verse 3 says, Obadiah 1, there we go. The pride of your heart has deceived you. In Proverbs 14, verse 12, it says, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. And so last week we found that scripture says four things about your heart. First of all, we saw, number one, that our hearts are naturally self-centered. We saw the Bible says, number two, that our hearts are easily fooled by emotions. Number three, that our hearts tend to rationalize sin. And then number four, that our hearts will often lead us towards destruction. And so if you missed 
last week, again, I really want to encourage you to go watch that online. And listen, I understand that some of you might think that this is not true. Some of you maybe think that the world is right and the Bible is wrong about this stuff. But, but I just want to propose to you to consider for just a minute today, what if there is a God? And what if the Bible is right? And what if he really does love you and want the best for your life. If all of that were true, then how would you go to this God to seek guidance in your life? And first of all, you need to understand that, that it comes through a relationship with Jesus. That Jesus said, I am the way to the Father. There is no other but me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father unless they come through me. So you need to understand that first and foremost. But as you come to God, then how do you seek his direction in your life from day to day? And so the first thing that we're going to look at here is Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10. It says, who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Would you read that out loud with me all together, good and loud? Let's read together. Isaiah 50 verse 10 says, who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. So when you are walking in darkness, understand that God wants to be your guide. And so there are three things that we're going to look at, three questions that I want to present to you today that are designed, these three questions are designed to help you to avoid following the foolishness of your heart and begin following the wisdom of God. And, and when you get a hold of these three questions, I hope that they are as valuable to you as they have been for me, because in my life, these have saved me from a world of heartache. Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready? I, I'm telling you, I want you to understand how this, important this is. These three questions. Number one, is this choice consistent with Scripture? Proverbs chapter 119, verse 11. Let's read it together out loud. Prover or, I'm sorry, Proverbs, Psalms rather. Psalm 119, 11 says, I have thought much about your words. Let's read it together. Lord, I have thought much about your words and stored them in my heart so that they would hold me back from sin. What happens when you store God's word in your heart? It helps to hold you back from sin and destructive choices. And so how do we do that? How do we store God's word in our heart? The Bible says we need to study it. That's what we do together here on Sunday morning. We need to meditate upon it. We need to memorize it. But listen, more than just for 30 minutes on Sunday morning. It needs to be a part of our lives every day. That's why we do small groups. We can't wait until Tuesday night this week when our small group gets together and we get to go through these passages of scripture and talk about how God is applying this to our hearts and 
learn from each other's wisdom and share our stories and and grow together in the Word of God. That's why every morning when I get up, the first thing I do is get into God's Word. And when you approach God's Word and say, Lord, teach me, change me, grow me, transform me, God begins to do amazing things in your life. And listen, this is why people who are ignorant of God's word are particularly vulnerable to sin and bad choices because they just don't know what it says. People say, oh, I think think God is telling me that it's okay to sleep with my boyfriend because I can just feel it in my heart. I I, I think that that God is telling me it's okay to just keep buying more and more stuff and going deeper into debt so that I can't help other people and put God first in my finances. I I, I think that, you know, God's telling me it's okay to leave my wife for that cute little thing at work who makes me feel all special inside. Because my heart tells me it's okay. Listen, remember Christians. Christians say this stuff all the time in the church. But remember, the Bible says your heart is a dirty, stinking liar. That your heart is easily self-centered, is easily fooled. Your heart is an expert at convincing you to make destructive choices. And so number one, is this choice consistent with scripture? Because listen, God will never tell you to do anything that is contrary to his written word. This is not exactly the feel-good Sunday, right? Sorry. Number two, here's the second question. Is this choice for God's glory or is it just about me? Check out Acts chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. It it tells a story where Peter is up on the roof of a house and, you know, kind of on the deck and and upstairs. and, And Peter was still thinking about the vision that God had given him when the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. So think about something strange here that God has 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 spoken to Simon Peter and says, some strangers are coming to your house. I want you to go with them. And he's like, what? And when the strangers showed up, they weren't even Jews. And at this point, Simon Peter wasn't even sure that if you were a Jew that you could be a, or not a Jew, if you were a Gentile, that you couldn't be a follower of Christ. And so God was speaking to him and challenging him on some things, and he followed the voice of God, which always makes me wonder, what does God's voice sound like? I don't know about you, I think it sounds a little like James Earl Jones (laughs) in Star Wars. Luke, I am your heavenly father. I, maybe not, uh, but, but occasionally what happens is there will be these thoughts that pop into my head and I wonder, is this from God or is this just 
some idea that popped into my head. So I've asked Marcio to come up and help us out uh, here, and, and we're going to talk through how you work through these two questions. Is it consistent with Scripture, or is it for God's glory? So I'm going to have you stand right here, just right here. There you go. Would everybody say hi to Marcio? Would you make him feel welcome? Okay, we're going to put you right here. Okay, don't fall off. Now I'm going to go over here. And imagine that I'm in a public place, and the thought comes to my mind that I need to go over and talk to a stranger that I've never met before and talk with him about spiritual things. This is not an exciting thought for me. It's scary, right? And so I run it by these two questions. First of all, is it consistent with Scripture? Are there examples of this in the Bible? And of course, there are lots of examples of people talking to strangers about Jesus and and the amazing, miraculous things happening through stepping out in faith and talking to somebody you don't know about Jesus. Number two, is it for God's glory or is it for my glory? Is this just something I want to do? And I can tell you, it is definitely not about me. Because the risk of me feeling embarrassed, the risk of him thinking that I'm crazy is very, very high. And so I know that if I cannot get rid of this thought, this is not about my glory. This is about God's glory. So I go, okay, I guess I need to go and introduce myself to this guy and see where the conversation goes. Hi, my name is Joel. Hi, it's good to meet you. I promised him he wouldn't have to say anything. That's why he's, he's like, <laughs> and by the way, uh, Marcio is from Brazil. You didn't beat up my friend Jason and push him down the stairs, did you? No. no. <laughs> and so as we're talking and, and, and we get to know each other and, and maybe miraculously the conversation seems to be going okay, and while we're talking, I get this thought in my mind that maybe I am supposed to give him the $100 that's in my wallet. Now, that probably wouldn't happen because I never have $100 in my wallet. But, and, and so as we're talking, I just cannot get rid of this thought. It keeps coming through my mind. That I, and so I ask this question, is it consistent with Scripture? Being generous and giving to those in need or even to a stranger, yes. Is it for God's glory or is this just something that I want? I definitely do not want to give him $100. And so I ask those two questions. Is it consistent with scripture? You sure hope so, yes. Is it for God's glory that I would be giving him this $100? You sure hope so, yes. And so I guess I need to go ahead and give him, I don't have $100, but I do have 10. And I'm going to treat you to ice cream for being my help today. Thank thank you you. so very much, Marcio. We appreciate it. Now you wish that I asked you to volunteer, don't you? Let Let me tell you about another friend of mine named Jim. Jim is a passionate follower of Christ. Uh, And uh, Jim was one time shopping at the grocery store and had the idea that he was, you know, I, I'm buying milk. I, maybe I'll buy an extra gallon of milk. Maybe we need it. And so he grabs his second uh, jug of milk of, 
uh, this was in the States, so it was a gallon, not liters. And uh, it was in Michigan. And uh, so he, uh, he buys the milk and he's driving home and gets the idea that maybe for some reason he was going to drive through this neighborhood that he doesn't normally drive through. And as he's driving down the street, there's a particular house that stands out to him and he feels like maybe he's supposed to stop in front of this house. And Jim is no dummy. God has spoken to him before. And so he started to get the feeling, I am supposed to go and knock on the door of this house. And then it comes very clearly to his mind. That extra jug of milk, you're supposed to take that milk and give it to the person that answers the door. And he's like, okay, God, I love you, I trust you, but this is going a bit too far. Lord, now you're kind of milking it. Milking it. I, I love cow jokes. But he just couldn't shake, or should I say, he just couldn't milkshake the feeling. Don't worry, it gets worse. And so he gets out of the, gar out of the car with this gallon of milk, and he goes up to the door Lord, are you sure you want me to do this? He rings the doorbell, knocks on the door, and a lady opens the door. And he's thinking, this woman is going to call the police and say, there is a deranged milkman on my front doorstep. I'll get charged assault with a dairy weapon. That's a good one, right? I made that one up. What do you get from a pam pampered cow? What do you get from a, a pampered cow? Spoiled milk. What do you call a cow with only two legs? Lean beef. What do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. Where do you cows go for fun? To the movies. You're, oh, I'm in so much trouble. My wife is crawling under the seat right now. What did the farmer call the... Say to the cow who had no milk, you're an utter failure. <laughs> did you hear about the cow astronaut? I, I got them all. Did you, did you hear about the cow astronaut? He went to the moon. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm... <laughs> I bet you have never gone to church before and heard five minutes about milk and cows. So my friend is Jim is standing on this doorstep with the gallon of milk and finally the door opens and this woman is standing there uh, with a baby in her arms, children all around. She is struggling and stressed and Jim says, hello ma'am, uh, do you need a gallon of milk? I feel like I'm supposed to give this to you. And all of a sudden her eyes get as big as saucers and she started to cry. And she said, oh, you don't even know. She said, my babies are hungry. I don't have any money. And I just finished praying, Lord, Lord, my family needs milk. Will you give me a miracle? Folks, listen, listen. That is the power of the Holy Spirit when you listen and obey. Now, I want to give you one more question. And this one is so very important. Number three. Is this choice confirmed by wise and godly advisors? 
Proverbs 12, verse 15 says, the way of a fool seems right to them, but a wise person listens to advice. And not just any advice. Listen, not all advice is created equal. I think this would be a good time for an amen. Here, let me, let me do it again. Not all advice is created equal. Sometimes I cannot believe how people will listen to those who have shown no wisdom in their life. Like, like this will happen with gossip and rumors and so forth. Well, I heard such and such. And I'm like, well, where did you hear that? Well, I heard it from so-and-so. I'm like, do you know so-and-so? I know that person. I don't believe a thing they say. (laughs) Okay, amen. And so, listen, not all advice is created equal. I give extra weight to those who have shown themselves to be wise and spiritually in tune with God. When I was uh, a young man, there were a number of people who said to me, you know what, have you ever thought about being a pastor? I, I think you, and I, oh my goodness, I did not like that one bit. Because I was running from God at that point. I did not want to hear that. And even before God made it clear to me, God was speaking to me through wise and godly advisors in my life. And if you feel like God is calling you to do something and all of the wise, godly, biblical-based advisors in your life are saying, I don't think it's a good idea, don't do it. Because, listen, very seldom will God tell you to do something that is not confirmed by wise Godly advisors who are tuned in to the Holy Spirit and know the Bible. And so just two more little side notes here. Two little side notes about God's guidance. First of all, this is not just for the big deals of life, these three questions. This is also for the little stuff because in your day-to-day life, the more you listen to God, the more he will begin to speak to you, even in the little things. And then number two, obedience to God's guidance is the key to getting more of it. Now, I'm going to say something here in just a second that is going to come across as harsh. And I want you to remember, as I get ready to say this, I want you to remember, Pastor Joel loves you. Okay? Everybody say, Pastor Joel loves me. Okay, here it is. I don't think that God continues to waste his time speaking to people who persistently disobey him. And so if, if, if God's guidance When it comes to people who, when we are are in this mode in our life where we just keep following our hearts and, and we keep following our emotions and rationalizing our sin, eventually God may stop speaking to you. Now, I that's what I think. I'm don't take that as theology. It's Joel thinking about 
what I've seen again and again and again, that obedience to God's guidance is the key to getting more of it. And the good news is, the more you begin to listen and obey, the more God begins to guide you and speak to you and give you revelation. And so listen, I hope you will take these three questions. And with these three questions, I hope that you will find them as valuable in your life as I have found them in mine. In fact, I was joking with Tracy about, I thought about it a lot this week, actually. I'm, I'm always embarrassed to tell you how much I thought about it this week. I thought, you know what? I ought to get this t tattooed on my forearm, these three questions, <laughs> just as a reminder when it comes to, uh, to, Lord, is this just me? Is this just what I want? Or are you, are you actually guiding me here in this? And so you can write it down. Maybe you want to put it on, your, on your, the screen, on your phone, on the lock screen. In fact, we have uh, something on social media that we're going to put out today that has these three questions so that you can take them in a pretty little format that looks just like this. And you can, uh, you can save it on your phone. You can you know, print it out if you want to and put it on the mirror in your bathroom at home or on your refrigerator to remind you every single day these three questions. When, when it comes to making a decision, instead of just following my heart, I need to ask, is it consistent with Scripture? What does the Bible say about this? And if I don't know the answer, there's my assignment. I need to start researching to see what God's Word says. And listen, be careful. Don't believe everything you read on the internet about the Bible. Because sometimes that free advice, you get what you pay for. Number two, is it for God's glory or is it just about me? Is this just what I want? Is this about making me look good? Or is this for God's glory? For God's kingdom to help and bless others? Or is it about making me look good? Then number three, is it confirmed by wise and godly advisors? And that, listen, that is the beauty of being part of a church, isn't it? That's the beauty in being a part of a small group and serving in a ministry here in the church where you get to rub shoulders with these kinds of people. And as you build a relationship with them and you begin to trust them and you see the wisdom that they have and the biblical knowledge that they have and the track record that they have, and you begin to say, wow, this is a person that I could learn from. That's the beauty of being part of spiritual community. And when you begin to use these three questions to test your decisions, you can make sure that you're following the wisdom of God and not the foolishness of the world and not just following your heart. Would you stand with me? And so we're not going to sing a closing song or anything today. Uh, the prayer team is coming forward at this point to get ready to be here to pray with you if you would like someone 
to, to pray with you, to anoint you with oil, to pray over whatever the issue is in your life that you would like prayer for. But here's why we're not gonna do any closing song. I want these three points, let's go back one more time. I want these three points to be so firmly established in your mind that you're thinking about them when you go to bed tonight. That when you go to lunch today, you're talking about them with maybe your family or, or when you call your, your parents this afternoon to check in, you, you, to talk about these three things. Like, I just want this to be so saturated in your heart and I hope that it will be as helpful for you as it has been for me. Heavenly Father, I pray wisdom and anointing over these, your children. For Lord, we live in a world that is saturated with foolishness, but may we be shaped and formed by the wisdom of your word in everything we do, that we would listen for your guidance, that we would listen to the Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray especially right now for those who maybe at this very moment, the thought that they have is, I don't even have any wise and godly advisors in my life. Well, there's the assignment. And Lord, as they begin to look for those kinds of people in their lives, Lord, as they plug into spiritual community in the church to seek those out, Lord, I pray that you supernaturally in your time provide for them those kinds of people that they can surround themselves with. Lord, that even right now, you would be preparing spiritual mentors for them to help shape them and guide them in the ways of the Lord. And so, Father, we thank you for this time together. For anyone here today, listen, who, who has never made a decision for Christ, right now, if you wanna pray in your heart and say, Father, I thank you that Jesus came to die on the cross, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I want to come to the Father through him today. Right now in your heart, say, I confess my sin. I believe that Jesus died for me, and I receive his forgiveness. Lord, I want to begin a relationship with you today. Tell him right now in your heart. And I commit to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.